We are back talking about Georgia getting ready to play the Auburn Tigers. Somebody thinks that we're 29 and a half points better than any team in college football. That's weird. That's weird. Georgia's got some deficiencies, and uh, they're on the defensive side of the ball. A few yes. of them. We're going to talk about that today on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, good people? Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. More on them in a moment. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by How to Fix Our Insanely Error Prone Defense. Because, Daniel, Uh-oh. it was bad. We're going to start off with a high note. I'm going to get to, in segment one, a player that is is already just creeping his way right here into my heart making me feel all the feels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I got all the respect in the world for him. We're going to talk about him and then we're going to talk about our defensive secondary, which Daniel, I don't know if you saw the game on it's, Saturday. It's bad. It's bad. We, we said it was the strongest group we of did. this entire team. Your favorite Georgia player of all time My- plays in the secondary. <laughs> The oh, ne- two nearly, of the three nearly. best defensive players. Tell you what, he doesn't make that. He doesn't make that tackle on the one. We lose the game. Just to tell you that right now. Well, you're right about that. Okay. The, you mean the guy he was chasing? I look. He wasn't. It wasn't his fault to begin with. Let's not. Okay. Let's not talk about it. And okay. Then we're going to talk about other deficiencies all yep. along this defense, sure. and maybe well, call I got out some players. Third segment. I got to get back to. It's on the offensive side of the ball. But oh, we then, didn't cover then you from know what? yesterday. Let's, you let's were supposed to remind me. But you um, did no, 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 I didn't. Your rants tend to just kind of go on. Well, Daniel. yeah, that's okay. true. Let's start with here. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to start here. Let's start off on a high note. Dumas Johnson. Yep. Is that dude. He's that Dumas Johnson. He so. is everything that you want in a linebacker. That's right. And more. You saw him getting after people on the sidelines, Daniel, when they were missing assignments. You saw yep. him freakishly. Lead, leadership. It's called leadership. When somebody isn't okay. doing what they're supposed to and as dragging down everybody else, you call them to rise to their position and mm-hmm. do the job, trust and care for the rest of the team and cooperate in the common goal. What else does he do? He tracks down opponents like they are gazelle on the Serengeti. That's called speed. He's got that. And when he gets there, mm. he produces insane impact, like a meteor just hitting a a one of the nine moons on a distant planet. Like it is, it is his birthday party, Daniel. That's he don't power. care about nothing. He has the power. He has the speed. He has the leadership. He has everything you want in a linebacker. This cat is it. And if you saw him flying around on Saturday and you were not impressed with him, because this is what's the most impressive. Daniel, it wasn't like he was shining because 10 other guys on defense were all doing their jobs so insanely well that he was cleaning up. It's not. That wasn't the case at all. It wasn't the case. He was a shining star amongst a whole lot of dim bulbs. But let me let me also, I want to parlay onto the first segment where, before we get to the deficiencies, I do want to give some credit where credit's due 
to another aspect of the defense, one that I was pretty down on after the Kent State game, but I thought the D-line played particularly inspired on uh, Saturday. I don't. They were think... pushing people back, now, Daniel. They were. They were moving the line of scrimmage. Now, there was... Yes. Were there some gashes in the run game? Absolutely, there were. But I thought, by and large, I thought Zion Logue, I thought Nazir Stackhouse, I thought Bear Alexander, I thought uh, Nolan Smith on the edge, I thought these guys uh, on the defensive front played pretty darn well. They uh, did. Good enough on yeah. Saturday. And I... And I thought Dumas Johnson benefited a little bit from that. When the defensive line is moving people, the linebackers are much more free. You wonder why those linebackers looked so good last year. Well, it is because all three of them were insanely talented. But it's also because you had guys up front doing their job. That helps the linebacker out more than anything. And so credit to the defensive line uh, for doing that, Clint. But the problem area of this defense was in the back end in the secondary and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back it's it's safe it's 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 safe to say that the defense was not simply i tried to make a simply safe reference you see what i tried to do there I, I see what you attempted to do. Let me do let it, me help you I out. I simply face simply safe is the place that you're going to go to secure your home. There it is. Here, here we go. <laughs> you did it. The defensive backs secured nothing that belongs precious to them on Saturday. That's accurate. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over four million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. A simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters. We know because uh, they're fantastic at what they do. Protecting your house, including secure technology, powered by 24-7 professional monitoring. Uh, I had a Simply Safe before. They are fantastic. They do the job right. Uh, and what I like about them is that, again, just how easy it is to set up at your house. You don't need these these technicians coming in that think they know they're doing a job. They're not. It's got 24-7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police and first responders in emergency customize the perfect system to your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college to get 20 percent off your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive um, interactive monitoring plan and get the first month free let's visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college security that was the thing I saw what you're doing, Daniel. No, I saw what you. I saw what you're doing. Particularly, the secondary did not care anything about security when it came to catching interceptions. Clint, I'm not sure when the ball is thrown at you. This is some were more egregious than others, but there were three interceptions that could have been three secured. picks. Now, Georgia dropped. turned the ball over two times. One of which we talked about yesterday was not Georgia's fault. Just a defender made a That's play. That's just Great a play, play that him. happens in football. The other one was an egregious error by Stetson Bennett and something that we hope we never see again. Ever. But Georgia still could have won the turnover battle. And that would have significantly impacted the score of the game. Christopher Smith, because we're going to kind of go through individual players, but this is where I want to start. Because he's the leader, Daniel. He's the the alpha back there. And he's the best one. He's the best 
football player. He's not just the oldest guy. Nope. He's not just the most experienced guy. He's the best football player in the secondary. And he had a ball just hit him in the bread basket. And it looked like he was afraid that Malachi Starks is, or Kamari Laster or whoever's back was going to run into him. I don't know. And so he just alligator armed that thing. Like when the ball's in the air and you have a chance to get it, this, these are the plays that George has been making, not just this season, but last season for the last few years. These are the plays we are accustomed to seeing Georgia make. We have to have a secondary that is opportunistic. Now, Malachi mm -hmm. Starks' ball that he dropped would have been another very impressive interception had he come down with it. Not Maybe not as impressive as his first one, but would have been a very impressive interception. And then the the the... The third, the third one, I'm not even going to count as a drop because it was a diving play made by I think a linebacker. His hands were on it. It was I think it was Dumas Johnson, it, or it was it was. I think uh, it was a linebacker, and he was diving for the ball. It, he did a good job to deflect that ball. I'm going to give that. But Christopher Smith, in particular, you got to have these plays, and if it's one dropped interception, we're not going to be doing a whole segment about how the secondary is struggling. But it's indicative, Clint of the overall struggles that we saw from the group as a whole. And so uh, let's talk more about that. Yes. Here, here's the deal, Daniel. I, I don't know how to say this in any other terms because it's not egregious as in these guys are, are like number two from Arkansas against Alabama that we saw. Just not up to snuff, not up to nope. par. A, that guy, by the way, getting a lot of run on this podcast this week. A lot of you run. You boys had some money invested in the game. So much money and invested in the game. It did not. It did not go our way. We did not cover Daniel. Uh, no. 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 That's a no. 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 Um, Kamari Lasseter. I think uh, I would have given him a C if we we're handing out grades for this game. Uh, the picks, the turnovers, you got to be opportunistic because, again, if you look at the stats, Daniel, our yards per play and our success rates on offense and defense were actually very high. We had a very successful game on all those metrics except for kicking field goals on the red zone, turning the ball over twice, and not getting interceptions and allowing Missouri to have these stupid dink and dunk and a couple of big breaks, a couple of one bomb and one long run. That was the difference in the game. If we pick off those passes, we stop them and we get those touchdowns. This game easily flips because of the success rate to 45 points in our favor, Daniel. Yeah, it's out but of hand the other way. Yeah, the other sure. way. Okay. Now, I don't know what, what he thought. I don't know if he didn't think Luther was not up to par or it was Mizzou, and so we could take a day off. But Keely Ringo mm -hmm. um, was non-existent in this game, Daniel. He was non-existent in coverage, in run support. Nothing he did reminded me of Keely Ringo, the top five pick in draft, lockdown corner, all-world athlete that I know him to be. That's right. What? He, he really has shown some disturbing trends of of some deficiencies in coverage. He when he's locked up in man-to-man -man coverage, his head really struggles to get around and and find the football. That's it, an understatement. Yeah. 
when he is playing in a more zone look and he's facing the quarterback and he's not, you know, he's not out there on an island, he 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 does a little bit better. And Georgia has played a lot more zone snaps this year than they ever have been and you wonder if part of that is because of the secondary and because of the people that are that are in the secondary and you think maybe it's to protect a young corner like Kamari Laster and a young safety like Malachi Starks but maybe it's to protect some other guys as well like Keely Ringo he he does have all the attributes of a top five pick as you said all of them but he's got a lot of growth that needs to happen in him and that's kind of I don't think we have to pump the brakes on the I said I said yesterday and I maintain Georgia's not the best team in the country right now and that's okay and that's Georgia fine have to be the best team in the country we can still win a national championship by not being the best team in the country on October 1st but it's important to recognize that Georgia's got a long way to go if they want to get to that national championship and part of that has to do with scheme and part of that has to do with coaching which I want to talk about in the next segment. But part of it has to do with players just getting better. And not all of those players that need to get better are first-year starters like Malachi Starks and Kamari Laster. Some of those players that need to get better are players that have been around the program for a little while and they just need to improve. And Keely Ringo, I think Saturday was a reminder that Keely Ringo is one of those guys. He's, yes. he's been here for a little while now and he has made significant contributions to the university of georgia if he never plays another down he will go down in history as one of our favorite georgia bulldogs of all time because he made yes sir my favorite play in the history of athletics but he's got a long way to go if he wants to be that first round corner top five pick because there are some deficiencies and when you go up against better than average to elite wide receivers those deficiencies are going to be called out. I'm, I'm going to say this, Dan, and this reminds me of two years ago. It reminds me, uh, Burton, Luther Burton is what I'm talking about. reminds me a couple of years ago um, against uh, UMass. Uh, it reminds me of a couple of odd games that come up on our schedule. When you have guys that are twitchy route runners against Georgia, we seem to struggle with twitchy route runners, not... Burners over the top. We we can hang with those guys for the most part, except when we're out of position. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it seems to me that a, a kid that knows how to play his position and field something, um, and, and and find the soft underbelly of a zone. Yeah, Daniel, we struggle with Burton played like a boss. He is he is he's you know really 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 incredible. But it seems to be a kryptonite for us. Uh, we're going to get that shirt up. I'm positive at Shoe and Kirby and Company will take care of that. Another, uh, by the way, Dan Jackson did not have a great game either, Daniel. Again, it, we could just it was go a, through the list. It was across the board. It didn't matter experience, inexperience, seniority or not, skill or not. It, it was bad. Uh, we're going to come back after this. Daniel's going to have his rant. But first, we'll talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the tastiest protein mm. bar on planet Earth. Daniel and I just got another slew of packages. I was at his house on in Nashville, and uh, I was just... He's just helping himself. I'm helping himself. My I found the cabinet the that he found that Built Bar, and I said, that's mine. That's yeah. mine. And I said, yes, please, I'll have another. Hmm. And it was I said, delicious. I paid good money for those. Why yeah. are you taking my Built Bars? <laughs> 
<laughs> and I said, no, you don't. No, they just shipped us a no. brand new box. Built Bar is a tasty protein bar. They are high in protein and fiber, low in sugar and fat. They are meal replacement on the go. Everything you need for great tasting. They taste like a candy bar, and yet they're a protein bar. That's Built Bar. Right now, over there, put on Locked On the promo code. Get 15% off your entire order. BuiltBar.com. Tasty protein bar on planet Earth. All right, Clint. We're back. You have the you you have the floor, Daniel. I well, cede the floor to the representative from Nashville. Let's let's go back to the sentiment conversation from yesterday because okay oh because maybe you're in the camp that sentiment it was terrible and you appreciate people saying true things, but maybe you're in the camp that we were a bit too harsh on Stetson Bennett and that it's really not that bad. And I will say it was that bad. The quarterback play on Saturday was, it was very bad. And it wasn't all that much better against Kent State. So I, I'm i not going to take back what we said yesterday, but I do want to clarify that not all of the quarterback deficiencies on Saturday were Stetson Bennett's fault. Now, that's interesting, you may say, because Stetson Bennett was the only person to play quarterback. He's the only quarterback, Daniel. <laughs> But that's not some of the deficiencies in the quarterback position have a lot more to do with scheme and preparation than they did uh, execution and athleticism. Stetson Bennett was guilty of making the wrong reads several times. We noted this. Stetson Bennett was guilty several times of not finding the correct hot receiver when the blitz came. Every time... A team brings a blitz, Clint. There's a there's a set order to things on the offensive side of the ball. There's a there's these, these receivers run these hot routes, and the yep. quarterback is meant to know if the blitz comes from here, this is where I'm going with the football. If the blitz comes from here, this is where I'm going with the football. Well, Missouri's defensive coordinator, um, and it was interesting. This was even mentioned in the broadcast. Missouri's defensive coordinator, formerly at Texas with Stacy Searles and uh, apparently in a pregame, you know, pre midweek interview with the, with the broad, the broadcast team, Stacy Searles said, we know that this guy, if there's a blitz out there, he's going to bring it. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do. He wants to pressure the quarterback. We knew this information. Todd Munkin had this information in hand yep. going into the game. And yet you saw a team that came out there and looked completely unprepared to deal with the pressure. Completely unprepared to deal with the blitz. Again, go back and watch the game. You don't even have to see the All-22. Even from the TV broadcast, you can see that there are wide open options. And it's not difficult to imagine why there's wide open options. There's not enough defenders to cover all the athletes on the field because they're bringing pressure. There was one particular play where we had five in protection. They brought six, which is fine because the quarterback should be able to read that very quickly and find the open receiver because they have more defenders coming at us than they have to cover our receivers in that case. So I don't think all of the blame can be laid at the feet of Stetson Bennett because while he did fail to read certain plays, pre-snap diagnose certain things, I think you saw in the second half, and you mentioned this yesterday when you were talking, Clint, you saw in the second half things improved for the Georgia offense. Drastically. Now, why did they improve, you might ask? Because Todd Munkin at halftime 
went in there and said, hey, guys, this is what's happening. This is what we need to do. This is where we go with the football. This is who's going to be open. This is what These are the plays that we're going to run. Here's my problem. We shouldn't have to wait till halftime to make those adjustments. No, those sir. adjustments should be made after the first, second series of the game. On the field. Today, those adjustments should have been made before the game started. Those adjustments should have been made in the pregame preparation for Missouri. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Georgia coaching staff took Missouri lightly, but I think it's far too easy to come out and say the players took Missouri lightly. But I don't know that that's... I think if anybody took Missouri lightly, it was Todd Munkin and the offensive staff. Because... And listen, if you listen to this podcast and and watch the show, you know that we love Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin is the greatest offensive coordinator ever at Georgia. We do not disparage him very often on the show. No. But I think some of this blame has got to go to him, Clint. I think some of this blame has to be laid at his feet because we saw an unprepared on Saturday previous at Kent State. We saw Stetson Bennett miss throw after throw. We saw several drops, but we saw him throw behind receivers, beside receivers. Now, we saw that on Saturday, too. We saw him overthrow Darnell Washington. We saw him throw behind a couple of guys. We saw him put balls in some weird spots. But we also saw a completely unprepared Stetson Bennett, and that falls at the feet of Todd Munkin. We knew what kind of defense they were running. It ain't week one. No. Okay, we've seen it. We got tape, Daniel. We got plenty of tape. It's not like they were tinfoil hat saving all of these defensive blitz plays for Georgia. Okay. That's that was, not that how was, it works. That was, that was Jimmy C years. Why you got to bring that, that up, bro? Was, uh, <laughs> that was an intentional shot at you, my friend. <laughs> so, Todd Munkin and the Georgia coaching staff has a yep. lot to say about uh, the way that this Georgia offense looks. Do we need the athletes to make plays? Do we need the wide receivers to step up? Do we need Lad McConkey to freaking catch every ball that's thrown catch at him, not just ball. the ones that he's conveni- that's that are convenient for him? Yes, we do. For the love of God, do we need AD Mitchell to come back? Please, please, AD. I can't. We need. I can't. We, we need you to come back. But what we also need is for the coaching staff to draw up a better game plan because uh, Stetson Bennett and the offense was thrown to the Wolves a little bit. They were, uh, Daniel. Kent State, a little bit of throttling back on purpose. Mizzou, throttling back not on purpose, but of oversight. And I completely agree with you. This next week, Daniel, gosh. Uh-oh. Is, is, a, is anything happening on Saturday? When you talk about the Jordan-Hare residence... The plainsmen from plains of hawk bird places. The Great Plains region of our country, I believe. Not the mid. Don't call them. They're not from the Midwest. They're from the the Great Plains men. Tiger Eagle. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we're going to overlook this game, Daniel. Well, you'd like to think we wouldn't, um, but twenty nine and a half points, Clint. That's stupid. All right, we got a little bit of a different schedule this week. We're actually going to come back tomorrow with our locks. We're going to do a little Wednesday locks here. We got you. So 
because I can't wait any longer to talk about Georgia being favored by 29.5 points, Clint. I need, I need to discuss it. So let's do that tomorrow on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. See ya.